Things can change. People just don't usually have the willpower to see it through, to do it. The minute we start getting people in power that have the willpower and the courage to do it, this country is going to turn around very quickly. The power of the bully pulpit now depends more and more on the influence of social media to drive hearts and inspire minds. Today, we visit with John McEntee, the football player, Fox News veteran, presidential personnel director, social media icon, and now the biggest connector for conservatives looking for their sole partner in life. McEntee is a textbook lesson in what it means to follow your dream all the way to the White House. From Ballard Studios in Washington, D.C., a special edition of 13th and Park. We give you information, not a panic attack. We look what's going on. I mean, my God. This was it. The kids were gonna die. That time is gone forever. This is the biggest story in America. We weren't prepared for this. Don't you want to speak truth to power? Toughest thing I ever had to do. So, Johnny, welcome to the show. Welcome to 13th and Park, back to Washington. I've got to tell you, I've been a fan of your handiwork now for, I guess, seven years. And it goes back for me to 2016 when you're with the Donald Trump for president campaign, not yet president. And you got to be very involved in putting together a lot of the rallies, organizing a lot of the rallies that have redefined, I think, what was an American tradition, you know, kind of barnstorming in all the most enjoyable, yeah. creative and impactful ways. So I want to start with a clip. From 2016, I'm sure your hands were all over this one as they were all over the country and see what you think about how that tradition continues on to today. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, we ended this up about 12 minutes ago and look at this place. Is this incredible? And we don't need, we don't need Jay-Z Beyonce, <laughs> we don't need John Bon Jovi, we don't need Lady Gaga. All we need is great ideas to make America great again. That's all we need. That's all we need. We don't need Lady Gaga. I've loved that. What is it about Donald Trump? and the political rally, the great tradition in America that came together so powerfully back in 16. Yeah, I think it's what he was tapping into being this unconventional candidate and talking about issues that people had abandoned. You add in the celebrity factor to, you know, he's, he became the people's champion. And I think that campaign, the 2016 campaign was so strong. He's almost running on that still to this day. That's how strong it is. You have a governor that's liked and respected in the conservative community that goes against him can't break through. Why is that? It's because of he's still tapping into that special magic he had back then here almost 10 years later. And when you were at those rallies, it was almost I brought my dad to one. He's like, this is like a spiritual revival of the energy back in 2016 at these rallies. It was just crazy. And I remember one instance where people got rowdy and the president stopped, you know, and there was protesters happening at the time. He said, what did you say? What did you say? You know, he's trying to like, and the whole place got quiet because they thought it was a, a protester. Right. And the guy stood up and he said, I said, you make me feel proud to be an American. Wow. And the whole place erupted, right. you know? And so it was just this magical time. It was really fun to be a part of. A lot of this though, Johnny, right, unscripted. I mean, the, he is so good on his feet. I mean, whether you support or don't support Donald Trump, you have to admire how powerfully he can bring in. A lot of it seems to be very spontaneous. Yeah, I think, I mean, when he first started out, when I started out in 2015, it was 
all off the cuff. And then as we got closer to the general election, obviously we wanted to get some policy points across and Stephen and those guys did a good job. But I think people most enjoy his riffs because it's sort of how we feel. You know, it's how we would talk at dinner about a certain issue rather than a script. And I think even to this day, people enjoy that portion of the speech the most. Was there any particular rally that you remember even to this day that for whatever the reason was really stood out among all the others? The first one we did in Mobile, Alabama, in a football stadium, he came out to Sweet Home, Alabama. There was, you know, 20,000 or 30,000 people there. It was August of 2015. He was just hitting his stride. It was right around the time of the first debate. That one sticks out to me. I got to go down early, help the advance team set it up, and uh, it was pretty special. But as it's actually happening, don't you have that extra sense of wow? Yeah, when you look around and you see all the people and the energy and, you know, all their hopes and dreams are riding on this guy, it's really, really powerful. Okay, so Donald Trump wins the presidency. You join the family in the White House. Give me your recollections of what it was like to work in the White House. Everyone who's never been there, even if you've been on a tour, what is it like a day in the White House? So there's a lot of things. I use this example because there's a lot of things in life where you'll ask someone, a rock star or a professional athlete, and you'll say, well, what's it really like? And they'll say, oh, it's nothing like the movies. But the White House is everything like the movies. It's very fast paced. You're watching history unfold. You're on a helicopter. You're on Air Force One. You're traveling with the president overseas. Everyone's moving a mile a minute. It's very exciting. And I think the most important thing we would do sometimes is kind of just take a step back and take it all in and be like, wow, you know, we are so lucky to be here. Anyone that lives in D.C. or doesn't that wants the opportunity to work there or ever has the opportunity even just to have the most low-level job, just take it because it's an amazing place to work. And also, you might move on up the ranks. Well, isn't it the kind of place, too, where it could be 2 o'clock in the afternoon and something really wonderful happens on the president's watch and everyone is very high? And then at 2.05, something hits the fan, right? And suddenly the high becomes, you know. Yeah, there's high highs and low lows. I mean, you're the center of the world, but you flow with it and it makes it even more exciting. Well, you traveled also with the president in different places in the world. Saudi Arabia was one I, I remember. Any particular trip that kind of opened your eyes about how really cool this was to be right there as history is being made by someone who, as you know, can really bring it? Yeah, there was a few. A lot of the different summits, because he's there with other world leaders, you know, and you see him next to Putin or Xi Jinping or whoever and it's like, wow, you know, and you feel like this pride and like this is our leader. And so any of those, we went to one in Italy, one in Vietnam. Amazing. One travel story in particular was when we went to Paris and they shut down the Eiffel Tower for him. And him and the president, Macron, had dinner at the top. And wow. the staff, we also got to have dinner. So they closed the Eiffel Tower for us. We're looking over Paris, you know, I'm with George and Stephen and Hope, and we're like, wow, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. Now, did the president, who is used to traveling around the world, was that a particularly special moment for him on top of the Eiffel Tower? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I remember him taking it all in, you know. I mean, it's just, it's a surreal moment. There were a lot of those overseas, and I'm glad I got to be a part of a few of them. Just recently, you joined in leading the Heritage Foundation's Project 2025 mm -hmm. to start to put together a database of people who may serve in a future administration. You, as personnel director in the White House, were involved directly or indirectly 
with lots of interviews, right? Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? What is it exactly you're looking for? What would a good applicant come off as versus another that's maybe not quite ready for prime time? Well, the number one thing you're looking for is people that are aligned with the agenda. And the last time, I think we had a few people that weren't. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, but you shouldn't work there. The president's entitled to a staff that sees the world his way and is going to see it through. So the number one thing is being aligned with the agenda. The second would be competency, you know, being able to actually work in the environment. And experience doesn't matter quite as much because there's a lot of junior roles as well. And sometimes experience is bad, but it's more about just being able to do the job. And the number one thing actually to see a job through is not caving to media pressure. Because if you're Mm -hmm. in an important role, they are going to come after you. It's only a matter of time. And that's where you separate people from pretenders from the contenders. You know, that's when the lights are on, when the game's on the line, when MSNBC is doing their segment, (laughs) can you see it through, you know? And you can kind of tell when interviewing people, but you, at the end of the day, you don't really know until they're in the position. But luckily we had a lot of good people the first time we can pull from Mm -hmm. that have kind of grown. They were in more junior roles. They can become more senior roles. And we're starting the process so early to give ourselves a leg up. At the end of the day, it's just whoever the president wants and his team wants, but what Project 2025 is doing is helping facilitate that, just giving these people a head start. You know, if you win, hit the ground running this time. There's so much to do. People are so excited. They want to be a part of it. A lot of times they don't know where to go. I didn't know where to go. I was emailing random Trump merchandise shop. Like, you know, I I had no idea where to go. If you want to work and make a difference, you can go to project2025.org. You can apply. You can take the training. You can learn about being a political appointee and how to be effective, Mm -hmm. which is so important. Okay, you got the job. Now what do you do? How do you take on the bureaucracy? How do you do all of these things? So that's where we're trying to help just give the president a little leg up on staffing. But it's it's really a kind of a delicate combination between commitment to mission and the ability to deliver on that mission, right? You have to have both, not you just- You do have to have you both. You have great loyalists yeah. who are not skilled at all. Correct, And yeah. wonderfully skilled people who are not yeah, ready to of, follow through. A lot of the people in our movement might be too crazy to work there, you know, right. like, and their heart's in the right place, but they actually wouldn't be effective as an appointee. So kind of just figuring out who's right. Also, you have people that aren't good in a particular role, but they might be better in a different one. So it's moving people around as well. When we interviewed every single political appointee, all 4,000, we realized, okay, not a lot have to be removed, but some have to be moved around, you know? So it's about finding out where people's strengths are, where they're most aligned with the president, putting them in that role. Okay, so I can't have you on the set without talking about a couple of other things. So let's go back to football. Okay. To your University of Connecticut days with a clip that's gotten a lot of play oh, across boy. America. All you right. know where I'm going on this. Yeah, let's do it. Where you hit just about every imaginable trick shot possible and everyone in America gawking and every agent probably thinking, God, maybe <laughs> this kid's got something. Uh, let's roll the tape. All right. <laughs> Johnny McEntee, second string quarterback at the University of Connecticut, presenting his trick shot video. That's now gone viral. He can hit a goal post. He can hit the crossbar. He can knock an object off his buddy's head. Actually, it was his idea. We were doing it on a, uh, a practice dummy, and he said, just do it on me. Okay, so Johnny, <laughs> probably back then, yeah. as the record will show, in your junior year, you 
You threw for over 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns and very few interceptions. Was there any moment there between your junior and senior year that you were thinking about three letters, NFL? Uh, not really. I was a walk-on, actually. And for those that don't know, you know, a college team has a certain amount of scholarships and then they leave spots for walk-ons and you can eventually earn a scholarship. Anyway, so going from that to being the starting quarterback was... I didn't feel like I'd peaked, but I'd been happy with what I'd accomplished. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really thinking about the NFL much. A lot of my teammates went. Obviously, that would have been amazing, but then I wouldn't have found politics. So it's kind of a blessing. I wasn't that good at football. I was just more good at making videos. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this kind of started me thinking about, oh, yeah, social media was one of the first, you know, trick shot videos to go viral on YouTube. This is, you know, 13 years ago or whatever. Just kind of seeing how that grew and now kind of trying to do it all over again with social media, my new company. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of athletes now are looking for that very talent to be able to present themselves in a compelling way with social media, right? Right. Yeah. So it was a little ahead of its time. A little ahead of its time. So you just referenced the right stuff, which is the new, relatively new social media app. So conservatives can find their soulmate, That's right? That's right. How's that been? What's that been it's like? It's been great. Yeah. It's the right stuff. It's a dating app for conservatives. On social media, we're at Date Right Stuff, and we have the biggest dating app page on TikTok and the second biggest dating app page on Instagram, soon to be first. Mm -hmm. So our brand is growing. It's a lot of fun. The app itself is good. We have 60,000 active users. We want to see that increase tenfold, at least this year. And we have 12 engagements that have come from this one marriage so far. Wow. The first marriage was in September. The app's only been out a year, and I actually went to it, so it was pretty pretty fun to see a what couple was that, that like? met. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really fun to see. It was a couple that met, you know, on the app. She was in New York. He was in Nashville. She was a flight attendant. They met. They talked. Love, and you know, when I went, she actually at the rehearsal dinner, I stopped by to give them something. And she said, I have to tell everyone here, I was so close to giving up. And then I saw this funny guy on social media and I realized it was for a dating app. And I said, OK, I'll give it a try. And here we are. So doing the funny skits on social media to bring us attention and grow the brand is helping get attention to our app. And at the end of the day, the number one thing conservatives can do is stick together, especially in dating, grow out of this problem, meet like minded people. This is the easiest way to do that. So what is it like to get a call from the president of the United States? phone rings or whatever it does anymore, buzzes, and you look down and you know it's Donald Trump calling, even to this moment, because you've gotten lots of calls like that. Yeah. What does that feel like? Well, you don't want to miss the call. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I mean, you're just, I guess when you answer, it's still very formal. So that's kind of exciting. You know, you have the operator, you know, I have the president for you. You know, it's it's just... It's kind of surreal, even if it happened every single day, every single day it was surreal. The president of the United States is calling me, you know. Okay, so talking about social media, obviously you are a big phenom on TikTok and, and, and on other platforms, but TikTok in particular, over 1.2 million yeah, yeah. TikTok followers. And so I want to play you a little edited clip from two of my favorites. Okay. And there have been many coming okay. from you. And then we would like to, uh, to do something here on set we've never done before. Okay. Roll the tape. Liberal at a football game. Love that we're checking for guns. Can we also check for COVID? Are the better teams ever forced to give points to the bad teams? No. They should look into that. To anyone I offended in 2023, try to improve so I don't have to do it again in 2024. We are going to invite Claire, 
our producer to come on set. Oh, wow. She is bringing in ice cream. Now, oh, I noticed. Oh, my gosh. Ice I cream love and ice cream. Sprinkles, Wait, what? Right? such yes. a great idea. <laughs> so ice cream and sprinkles okay. obviously is yeah. a big part of your <laughs> TikTok shtick. Yeah. I, and I need you to explain why. All I know is every time I see one of your TikToks Wait, and you're this eating is ice amazing. cream, yeah. I'm like hungry. Right. right. Yeah. So what is it about ice cream that became part of your signature to the world? You know, I love ice cream um, and frozen yogurt. Wow. This is so fun. So I made a few videos and I have this strategy where you get a side of sprinkles mm -hmm. because then you can dip and right. get like the right portion with each bite. Ah, right. You right. know, because sometimes they don't put enough sprinkles or they're only at the bottom or, you or know. it's on the top. It's, or it's just on the top right? or, you know. Yes. So in order to get the right portion with every bite, you get the side and then you dip, you know. Flip it, boom. But that's pretty good. Where's that from? Claire. Claire, where's that from? It's an ice cream place in the International Trade Center. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so we did a few videos, and I was dipping it, and all the liberals were making fun of me for doing right. it. But it kind of became my staple. I'm like, well, right. this is how I eat ice cream. So anytime I get ice cream and I'm with someone, I always have something funny to say or something I saw online that I want to repeat. So I just say, hey, can you film me? And we just started doing that, and now I kind of do it. We started out making fun of liberals on dates, right? you know, because we're doing a dating app. So I'd be like, you know, don't be this. And then I'd impersonate how a liberal would be if you were at an Italian restaurant or whatever. So now whenever I'm eating, I just kind of like try to get a little skit in. You know, it's part of the, the shtick. But and anytime, you, write, you write all your own material, right? Or I. OK, so either I write it, my colleague James writes it, mm -hmm. or there's something online we see mm -hmm. that we then turn into a video, mm -hmm. like a funny meme or someone sends mm -hmm. us something. People sometimes send send us ideas and then we turn them into videos. But it's been really fun. So if you were doing to your 1.2 million followers on TikTok, a very short piece saying why Donald Trump deserves a second term, what do you say? While you're mulling that over, I'm going to have my first sprinkled ice cream. Yeah. Well, I'd have to say something funny about liberals because that's how I always spin it. So, you know, I could say, you know, life is short, spend as much time as possible making fun of liberals, but it is 2024 and it's an election year, so make sure you vote for Donald Trump because we need to X, Y, or Z, you can fill in the blank. You know, something funny, take a scoop of the ice cream, call it a day. Now, has all this ice cream increased your waistline? I mean, people need to ask these kinds of questions. Are you nervous about going a couple pounds beyond? I am moment? nervous about that. Maybe I've gained three or four, but I do intermittent fast. So mm. people are like, how are you eating that? It's like, well, I only eat like once or twice a day. You know, so I, I don't snack and I don't eat breakfast. So I'm not too worried about it, but right. try to stay on top of it. Yeah. So Johnny, last question. Are you optimistic about the future of the country? I am so optimistic about the future of the country beyond this election. I think we have to win this election. But even if we didn't, I'm still super optimistic. I think people want right wing solutions to these problems, whether or not they're willing to say it, whether or not they're willing to say that at Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know. But I know deep down they want them. And I'm optimistic about that. I think younger people, especially men, mm -hmm. are getting more conservative. I think they find, like, the current woke culture repulsive. And actually studies show that Generation Z men, young men, are more conservative than my generation, millennials. That makes me optimistic. And also I'm optimistic because working in government makes you realize, oh, change can actually be done. You know, people think, oh, it doesn't matter. Just you know, vote. I don't need to vote or who cares? Nothing ever changes. Like, no, no, things can change. People just don't usually have the willpower to see it through, to do it. All we're lacking is courage. You know, we can fix the border immediately. We just don't have the willpower or the courage to do it. And the minute we start getting people in power that have the willpower and the courage to do it, 
this country is going to turn around very quickly. But you've seen people all over the country. Is that what we're kind of quietly cheering for, regardless of whether you're for Donald Trump or anybody else? Is that what's kind of what people are like thirsting for and not finding? I think they want these solutions that the right is offering. Maybe we have to message them differently. Mm -hmm. But the further the country goes left, goes into disarray, the more instability there is in the world. Like people want what we're selling. So eventually that's going to catch up with us, I think. Again, I don't know about 2024. I think it's looking good. I think people want Trump back. I think he's the image, like we saw in the rally, that mm -hmm. even his reputation enough is enough for people to cling to and be like, I want that. You know, I want the wall. Like, fine, just end this, you know, whatever it is. So I'm optimistic, yeah. Okay, so all I can say is the ice cream makers of America <laughs> applaud you. What you're doing, though, in terms of trying to recruit people with a thirst and an experience and a determination to serve before the fact, yeah. as opposed to doing it after the fact, is really wonderful. I wish, you know, everyone would do that. Every administration or potential administration would do that. What America needs is its best. And I think that what you're doing at the Heritage Foundation, what you've done during the Trump administration, the first Trump administration, speaks directly to that. Keep doing it. Keep doing your TikToks. All right. Well, if keep you doing them. You go cold turkey on TikTok, half of America is going to freak out, <laughs> I can tell you. But we'll keep luck. doing them. Yeah. And the database we're building at Heritage for the resumes, for the training, teaching people how to be political appointees, we can keep building that for years to come. This is a network that can grow and we can get stronger every year. Every administration, Republicans can build off of this. So I'm pretty excited about it. Johnny, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Ice cheers to up. us. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to subscribe today and hit the bell so you never miss another episode of the show with that trademark opener from Washington, D.C. It's 13th and Park.